guys. Buongiorno. Yeah. Need to learn how to say hello in lots of languages. Yes. And then honor our international listeners. Th- all right, guys. I, Chris's homework now is we have <laughs> 22, 20, 22? 22 yeah. countries. You already know probably three. Maybe. Maybe three or four. Yeah. We're going we're, we're, we're to learn. We'll, we'll make a list of how to say. <laughs> We'll have to learn it. I guess we could print it off and read it. You guys won't know. Uh, <laughs> how to say hello in all those different languages. Yeah, I like that. That'd be, that'd be that'd be cool. And on that note, we have no new countries and no new states. So the list isn't growing. It's not right now. But it did. Yeah, we, we, right. But it did two the past few weeks. Yeah, we did. In there. Spain. Come on. Spain and Denmark. Yes. Um, Spain and the Danes. That's they, a cool band name. Ooh. Spain and the Danes. It'd be a cool sounding, like, I wonder what that music would sound like. Yeah. You ever heard, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> music talk. Yes. Um, little different setting. I, I think we've done maybe one in here before. We're Have in my we? office. This feels very new. Now, this is where it all began, though. That's right. If we were to go back again. On this couch. On that couch was was over there during the pandemic when we did our Wednesday night classes. It started here for at least two, maybe two or three. And then the tech arts guys goes, Hey, we got hey, you guys. We, hey, you need our help. Yeah. We said yes. <laughs> uh, and so there, so we went out. So there's like what? 7,000 cars at our church right now. At least. I mean, I'm not good at math, but <laughs> my rough estimate is seven. There's a bunch. So we have this thing called BSF. Super cool. Bible study fellowship. Yes. Uh, it's a bunch of ladies all around the country many different churches, even in the same community. They just meet on Tuesday mornings. Uh I mean, I would think it's probably about like 200 ladies. Yeah. Right. Easy. Yeah. And they meet and they have like a big group where they meet and sing and have a big lesson. Then they break out in smaller ones and they guys, I'm surprised they're not meeting in my office now. They are everywhere. They use every inch of our church building. I mean, even back before we did our renovations at our church, we had closets that were big and they're like, no, it's fine. We'll put eight chairs in this closet. I'm like, this is gross. And they're like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It works. It's fine. So this is the first, maybe the first one back after COVID after COVID. Yeah. And so we just grabbed our stuff to go head to our room and we're like, oh no, there's no room. There's no room for you at the end. <laughs> and there's just all these ladies. I'm like, well, just head out to my office. We're in the manger. <laughs> we are basically with the eagle and uh, a, a, a youth minister's office is a special breed. Indeed. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and at different times of year. Like I'm about to have fall retreat coming up in about a month and a half. I'm starting to get more. I've already ordered some stuff. We're about to get after summer and after camp and beach blast, and you get all these things. Just like there's like you're no telling what you can find. It just piles up, and then and then one day it's all gone, and then it just starts to accumulate again. Well, yeah, it'll stay longer after fall retreat because yeah. I don't have interns. Yeah. During the summertime when I have interns, I'm like, hey, interns, can y'all put this back where it goes? <laughs> Which is like the other end of the building Yeah, in the youth I, room. I think it's as far away from here as you can get and still be in the building. Oh, yeah, we're we're the, we're the like the exact opposite end. Yeah. So whenever I'm like on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings, so if I forget something, I'm like, I don't need it. <laughs> like, Go on a 15-minute walk. It's Yeah, I got to hike to come and get this, but... Well, hey, I'm Justin. Hey, I'm, I'm Chris. I'm the youth minister. We're in my office. Yeah. Um, your office is right across the way. Yeah. I'd fall asleep in your office. It's too dark. It's way I too dark. dark. You keep it super dark. And I'm one of those guys. I don't know. You don't have a choice. You got these big windows at the front. You have one window, have right? One window. Yeah, I got two. I got these windows in the front. Yeah. I usually don't even keep my lights on. I have a lamp, but it's still like, it doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, really lights doesn't. on or lights off. It's pretty bright in here. Um, but we got that. Yeah. Um, had a first coach pitch scrimmage. How did that go? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was a scrimmage. Yes. Uh, it was chaos. Yes. A lot of these kids don't know what baseball, they know what T-ball is. Yes, which is very different. Which is just like hit and run and don't do anything. Yeah. No outs. You don't have to think. No rules just right. Yeah. It's basically out back. Yeah. Your, uh, T-ball's out back. And now we got some rules. <laughs> now we got a little bit of rules. Yes. So learning curve and I'm learning those rules, but it was good. It was hot, super hot, man. The weather was awesome last weekend and then it went away. And then this week it was so hot. Um, 
But it was good. We had that. You guys had a game right after us. Mm-hmm. It was weird seeing like all of our old, like, yeah. you know, because we coached last year. And so we played a few kids on our team and then we saw them. And then um, it was just cool kind of seeing around. I think I've made an executive decision that spring ball I'm coaching. Okay. And I had a few parents he's, from my old teams that were like, hey, hit us up if you're coaching. We'd like to be on your team. He's dusting the glove off. I did. I did for practice. Yeah. I had to have that glove out. <laughs> I had the glove out. We got some boys that have rockets. I'm like, I got to yeah. have a glove to catch it. So you'll be my assistant coach okay. in the spring. That's my formal ask. I'm a, I'm a really good assistant coach. <laughs> you are. You're, you're a really good coach. Assistant coach. You, you know, you can do that. Um, well, hey, hope you guys have had a great week. Uh, reading up on Daniel, Daniel 1. We're going to continue. Yes. I don't know how long we're going to go in Daniel. Um, we may go all Daniel, or That'd we great. may just hit this part of Daniel. I don't know. We may just hit some big highlights. But we're in Daniel 2. Daniel 2. Last week, we talked about making history and the small steps it takes to make big, big history. Right. And not in the world sense of history, but a, a godly sense of history and mm-hmm. it could be you can make history in one person's life yep. it doesn't have to be famous or this or that when we think of history we think of famous uh, but more of just making um, an impact making an impact is probably the better call for that um, and so Daniel 2 he makes a big impact big time um, a lot of a lot of what we see in Daniel one is preparation is led up yeah, to, for to what kind of launches into Daniel's significance <clears throat> in, in Daniel 2 and beyond Absolutely. So Daniel, just to do a very quick recap, Babylonians took over Israelites. So you have the king, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonians, took over. Again, you're either killed or you're really put in slavery. Daniel and his friends were put into slavery. They're put in like the special smart school. Like, hey, you guys are bright. And he kind of worked his way up. Daniel 1, we realized, or we saw where he, um, you know, didn't eat the food, but became 10 times smarter and kind of worked his way super up to this three years of schooling, this elite deal. Some time has passed. We don't know how long time has passed. Mm. I, I have read where it could have been like 20, 30 years or yeah. more, like it could, or a lot. But in this, Daniel, when this first started in Daniel 1, it was probably like anywhere between what I've read, like 12 to 17 years old. Yeah. Like he was young. Yeah. Like when we think about Daniel, like, oh, he's a th- He's 30. We do that with lots of Bible characters. Yes. Like we, we think they're so much older than they are, but like it, it's often not the case. You know, we've talked about that before with like uh, Jesus's apostles. Like, Oh yeah. Picture them as like grizzled 40 year old men, but you know, based on the culture and, and what we know they about were probably late probably teenagers. teenagers. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is the same with Daniel. He was young. Um, so we don't know how old he is in Daniel two. Uh, he's older than Daniel one. And then he wasn't Daniel one. Well, which is funny. You're a youth minister, so let's just let's just let's just ballpark it and say he's a 15 year old kid. Yeah. You know, 15 year old kids putting the faithfulness and his commitment and his yeah. integrity in that context of it's a 15 year old kid, like whoa, yeah, that that, makes that's it even more special, special, astonishing, rare. Um, not that our 15 year old kids aren't awesome, but to to, I mean. This would be special and rare for anybody, right? But especially like a fifteen-year-old yeah. boy being like, "Dang, good job, buddy." Yeah, man. Um, and this, so we have Daniel two. We have King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he's like, "I want to know what it's about." Right. Tell me what this dream is about. So two one in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. And the king commanded that all the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chan- Chaldeans, Chal- C-H-A-L-D-E-A-N. The Chaldeans. The Chaldeans, what it is? Uh, the Chaldeans? That's the way I've heard it. Do you know what the Chaldeans are? Tell, tell us. Tell everyone. <laughs> You're like, yes, I know, but I don't think they do, so why don't you tell them? Uh, they, it was basically like South Babylonians. Okay. Uh, like a... Like a group like a cultural yeah, group yeah and it's like it'd be modern day south like iraq okay which would be which would be where it is um but they were known to be like super smart and intelligent wise. and wise right so like they were just known and that's why it's a capital c in here like it's like a group of people gotcha um proper noun 
proper. Um, What's the difference between a magician, a medium, and a sorcerer? That's a good question. See, yours says, see mine says enchanter. Even better. A medium? I don't know. I mean, they had all those names. I don't know. I didn't go that far in detail. I wonder if this is just saying all the magic folk, all the people who can do some... Who can who can look into the future, yeah. or look into the past, who can talk to dead people, who yeah. can um, make cards disappear. I don't know. That's what magicians do, right? <laughs> like, you can do card tricks. Um, so, so say that name again. Chaldeans. Chaldeans. That's way better than I said. Cal. Chal. It might Cal. be. I've heard it, Chaldeans. Well, let's go, Chaldeans. That uh, to be summoned to tell the king his dream. So they came in and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants a dream, and we will show you the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word for me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream, and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses shall be laid ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show you its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word for me is firm. They're stalling. So <laughs> he's asking two different things. I mean, he's asking two big things from them. Okay. You tell me what my dream is. Yeah. Not, I'm going to tell you what my dream is and you interpret it. He's like, right. ah, you tell me what I saw and then and tell, tell me, me what, what it means. means. Yeah. Because they could do the second. Yeah. If you tell anybody, me, anybody could say what. Right. What if is, you yeah. tell me your dream, man, I could sit here and write up a nice, like, cool thing about it and you'd be like wow that probably is what it means (laughs) and you wouldn't know and it could sound good um are you big into horoscopes no me neither (laughs) yeah if if you are that was hard no (laughs) yeah me neither but there are those things where if you would read like a horoscope and you'd read like your birth month august and you're reading you're like that is me yeah but then you can read like January and go, that's me. That's too. me too. Wow. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like all 12 of these. This is pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, so you could probably do that with a dream, right? right? You could probably, if you knew what just it was, make it generic enough. just make yeah. it a little bit generic. Go, okay. You're troubled with decisions and with this. And like, Oh yeah. The weight of ruling <laughs> is, is heavy upon your crown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I could probably write something up. Um, but so they're, so they're in this state of like, uh oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They uh, uh, mistakes have been made. Right. Um. But in this, when we look on a, a little bit further in that first part of two, basically, the king goes to is it Ariok? Is that his name? Yeah, Ariok, uh, who is kind of like uh, uh, the captain of the king's guard, who was told like, go and kill these people now. Like they didn't do it. Right. Tear them limb from limb. Yeah. And go knock their houses down. Knock their houses down and go do whatever with it. Daniel gets wind of this and is like, wait a minute. Yeah. I think I got this. He said, give me time. Mm. He said, let me take care. Don't, don't like Just kill these up. guys first. Yeah. Right. Um, Let's see where so the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So they even asked Daniel, like, right. hey man, you're part of King's guards, you're part of King's people. You go help kill these guys. Uh, this is in verse 13. And then 14. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then the Arioch made the matter known to Daniel and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. So Daniel steps up in this face of, mm. I mean, life or death. Yeah. That he didn't have to. Right. Right. And so when I think about this, you know, we see in Daniel one of the making history and your compromise is great. You're, your a conviction is greater than your compromise and he stands firm to what he believes here. He is faced with a huge challenge. Right. And he doesn't back down from it. Right. He says, okay, I got this. Mm. 
maybe I don't got this, but I know God does. Right. <clears throat> and so, and he could have sat on the sidelines. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. Like the, he, we, we wouldn't have this in Daniel two if he would have sat on the sidelines and said, "Stinks for those dudes." Yeah. Stinks for those um, enchanters and yeah. sorcerers. <laughs> Good thing he didn't ask me to do that. Yeah. And how often are we? I would say just in our normal day life, uh, or even as a Christian, do we interject ourselves into challenges? Yeah. Because I would say for most of us, our world is built around making your life as easy Mm. as possible. Right. Right. Like right now from my phone, I could turn my AC up or down. I don't don't have to get out of bed. (laughs) If I'm like, it's hot. I can go on my phone and go. And it's literally eight feet away from me. And I could like get up and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go on my app and just turn it down. I want to get up. If I don't have a, like a TV remote, I can use my cell phone for my TV remote. Right. Mm. Like basically I could do everything through my phone, right. Open my garage door up, right? Like there's so many different (laughs) things that I can just do. Yeah. I went to get something from your house the other day. You were on the way to the beach and your garage was locked and you're like, no, don't worry. I got you. And from your phone while you're driving, your wife opened it up and I got to go into your house. (laughs) There you go. Right. It's like our whole society with the way we drive and our houses and technology and everything is really like, let's not make it challenging for you. Right. Let's make life easy for you. And do you think that our, um, do you think that our natural state right now is to not like interject ourselves in these crazy challenges or things that we face? We're like, no, let's just make it easier. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, no, definitely, (laughs) definitely not. Um, And I think that the way our world is set up really doesn't, you know, just kind of the things that you've already mentioned, doesn't really put us in a position to uh, consider, you know, those opportunities very often. But I think we're also really big on kind of not my job, not my prob kind of mentality where we're so busy and our days and our our minds are so wrapped up in what we got what we think our family we're supposed to be doing that we don't even have our eyes open to opportunities where God may be calling us to step in uh, so it's really I think it's sort of t- twofold okay it, it's one that you know with technology and how distracted we are and how easy everything is because of that technology that really it's sort of out of the norm for us. But then that second thing is it's, we're just, we're, we're very wrapped up into our own existence and, uh, you know, just don't feel responsibility to other people really. Yeah. I think, I think I talked last week a little bit about like the story of, um, of, of like the good Samaritan. Mm. Right. And there's, you know, the other two that passed, that's not, it's not my issue. Right. It's not my, I got my own, I have to go to my own place. I got my own things. Um, and really, I think the stage of life that we're in of having younger kids, full schedules, full, I mean, you guys like it's wild now there's fall ball and then there's soccer practice. And it's like, I think you said the other day, like, Hey Katie, I'll see you when our kids are 18. Like, (laughs) Hey, it's just like, we're just so busy. Um, Friday or we were home last night and Mary Beth goes, Hey, you want to do date night Friday night? And I jumped up like date night. Like it's a big deal for us. Like we're going to babysitter. It's yeah. gonna be great. And I was like, Oh no, I got, I got a high school football game. Yeah. I got two teams that are playing each other. I can go to one game instead of having to go to two games later right. on. So I was like, Hey, Friday night, I got a baseball, like, or a football game. Can we push this date night? Like <laughs> nine o'clock at night, eight <laughs> o'clock. Cause I have to be there for halftime. Yeah. But it's just those things of like, we just get so busy and the things that we that are good things mm. um that we don't leave room right we don't leave time and room to be like well, let me interject into somebody else's issue and that's yeah. also the deal of like you know i talked last week about if you see someone who needs help or a need like is this gonna take five minutes or is it gonna take 25 yeah. minutes is it gonna take two hours yeah. i don't know what this is gonna really have for me and really from about like seven o'clock in the morning till 7:30 at night, <laughs> I got everything planned right. with our kids yep. and work and all that stuff. And and we just don't put ourselves out there. Yeah. But 
when you look at the story of God and you look at these people throughout this entire book, it is a lot of people saying, I'm going to go against my natural state of myself and I'm going to do something bigger. Yeah. And that usually puts them in some sort of challenge. Right. Right. Well, I think there's a, another really interesting connection between this story and the good, the story of the good Samaritan that uh, you just mentioned in that I think when we do uh, make the decision to reach out, uh-huh. help out, often the people that we're most comfortable uh, helping are people like us, people that are oh. in our community that we know really well. But what we see in the Good Samaritan story, a big part of that story is these Samaritans were hated people. So Jesus intentionally chose a Samaritan to be the one who stepped in to help the hurt mm. Israelite. Yeah. Because that's culture breaking. Like that's yeah, saying, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's saying you don't get to discriminate who gets your help because they believe something different than you. They live in a different part of town. Their skin's different than your skin. Yeah. Like, and it's the same thing in, in the story of Daniel here. The Chaldeans were Babylonians. These yeah. are the bad guys that Yeah. So Daniel could have been like, Cool. Sorry, man, go get your arms torn off. Like, not my job. Like Well, and I'll push back on that a little bit. Do you think, not on that whole deal about it's easy to help those that are with, like if one of my neighbors asked something, like that would be very easy to be like, yeah, I will easily go get your mail. I'll go help you out. Right. You need to help move in something, whatever it is. Like you're one of us. You're like in our community and you're right down the road. You're three houses down. I have no problem helping, but it's like, hey, you can help this person you don't know when you got to drive 25 minutes to go do it. You're like, dang, that's going to take all day. Yeah. And we kind of have that. But do you think Daniel in this story, I wonder what the culture was like living because Daniel now has lived in the king's house. Mm-hmm. He's now a part of that upper tier. Um, do you think over time that he's now become buddies with these enchanters and sorcerers where he's like, hey, no, like I've been with them for the past whatever years too. And maybe now he actually knows them as like, wait a minute, they're going to kill Fred, mm. I like Fred. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't know names back then, but it's a Daniel. There might have been a Fred, right? Um, doubt it. Uh, but like, I also wonder, like, if Daniel feels a sense of no, these are actually like I've lived with them too. Yeah, and and like the Samaritan sees the bigger picture yeah. of no, no, this is a bigger thing. Well, I think that's the point. Um, you know, we're so divided now that it's really easy for me to recognize the humanity in you yeah. because we believe the same things and we want the same things yeah, for our yeah, families yeah, yeah. and our yeah. lives are very similar. Um, and it's really easy if we've talked about this, you know, multiple times, it's really easy for us to dehumanize groups that are different from us. But what Daniel, what his experience has done for him, whether, uh, whether it, you know, was just literally living together and, and creating relationships. But what it's done is taken these people who went from captors, murderers, people who, you know, destroyed his home and killed people that he knew. You can't live with people and, and disregard their humanity. Yeah. So I, I think that both are probably yeah, true. true. Yeah. You know, you're not going to lose the sense that these people have done something terribly wrong to you. And I don't think we do either. You know, it's hard for us. Like we live in a very peaceful time, a very peaceful place. Like it's hard for me to identify like real enemies. Yeah. Yeah. But that was not the case here. But even still, like the scripture says our, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Hmm. And I think we often get that wrong. We think that our our enemy is people who are pushing a political agenda yeah. that's different than ours. No, what's different is or what what we're fighting against is hatred. Yes. And and evil. And those aren't necessarily people. Those are forces. Yeah. And and the, big the things. Evil big, realms, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I think that Daniel can and we can recognize that these people have done something wrong to him, but at the same time recognize that they're human and his fight's not with them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think in this challenge, if, if we're taking to our area, um, time, whatever it may be of challenges are going to happen. Yes. Right. And now whatever challenges those may be, but you're going to be faced and it can be big or small. And mm. I don't, 
you know, it could be challenges of death or sickness or divorce or job loss. It could be like a big challenge in your life, but it, but you could be faced with maybe a challenging opportunity mm, to yeah. serve and that's going to happen. Right. And so there's really, I think like three kinds of people. There's one that say challenges are about to happen mm. or, or you're in the middle of a challenge or you just got out of a challenge. Right. Right. Like it's not like this isn't this, does not not apply to you. Yeah. It is going to apply to you, yeah. right? Like being faced with something. Something's coming. And and I think you know. I think you said earlier of us opening our eyes. Mm. I think the more that we open our eyes to see what God wants us to see, we're going to see more of those opportunity challenges to um, advance the kingdom, to share His love, to be a bridge, to be whatever it is. Um, you know, in that um, and the way that. You and I, and the way that we view challenges now, I think will be critical for the rest of our lives. Like if we start now kind of seeing it not as a time burden or not as a financial burden or whatever it may be, a burden, but we see it more of this challenge of, no, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity, yeah. To serve and to love and to be whatever it may be. And and, an outcome may not be what you want it to be. Mm. But again, we talk over and over and over again. God wants you to be faithful. Yeah not just right yeah. or or um, successful in what you do. We want to be faithful in it. And so having that challenge saying, okay. And so Daniel steps up and says, I'll take on this challenge. Yeah. Um, reminds me of one of my favorite sayings, which I've shared on the podcast before. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You ain't got to get ready. You and, are ready. And what we see here in Daniel, and we kind of alluded to this already is, the the his faithfulness and the work that he has done in in chapter one leading up to chapter two put him in a position to be ready to answer this call to answer this challenge yeah. to step up for other people and we're in the same boat it's like if you wait until the challenge is at your doorstep to try to prepare yourself emotionally spiritually physically yeah, financially yeah, whatever yeah. it is like you're going to be worse off than if you're listening to this podcast right now and you say, you know what? Life's, life's okay right now. This should be really my time where I'm digging deep into, into the Word of God and really trying to prepare myself for what's coming because something's coming. <laughs> yeah. A challenge is going to come, and, and you'll be better off if, if you are getting deep with God now in those good times yeah. than if you're waiting until you know, it hits the fan and, <laughs> and you're lost. And when, and, when like what hits the fan? Oh, well no. the poo. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, being, being spiritually, being mentally, being fit. Yeah. Being all that stuff ready, knowing like I'm doing this not to make my life easier mm, Yeah, and not to make my life more just easy, but saying, no, I'm doing this because there is going to be a challenge coming up. Yeah. God and, wants you for something. Be ready when he calls you. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's that kind of the Good Samaritan challenge of let me see God. But I think also just a bigger thing of there are going to be some poop hits the fan moments that right. are going to be other kind of challenges mm. that are forced on you. And it's the same way of you being spiritually ready, mm. you having those friends and family and people around you to walk with you and be there. Um, and I think a lot of times there's a group of us that are always in that like victim um mm. victim category yeah and you probably know those people that are like the world's against me woe is me everything bad happens to me yes. and they always just see thing every little challenge that steps up they see it as everything's against me yeah. Like, what did I do? Like, everything's wrong. And almost have like this Eeyore mm. <laughs> type, like, okay, like, yeah. here it comes again. Yeah, Something else is going to happen to me. Um, and there are things that happen, mm. but I think mentally how we prepare for that and how we step in those challenges, instead of playing the victim card mm. always and being like, no, this is an opportunity for me to learn, for me to grow, for me to work through, for me to trust God, for right. me to whatever it may be. Um, to not always have that victim mentality mm-hmm. whenever challenges come up. Because if you were to take a list of all the things crappy that happened in your life in the last five years, yeah, 
It'd be a, probably a long list. Yeah. You probably might have reason to be like, the cards are stacked against me. Yeah. But that's just life. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think there's a lot of people. And, and, you know, we can look at people and go, man, if I had that job and that house and that money and that family and that, my life wouldn't be so challenging. Go ask them, people. Yeah, go ask. Yeah. Go ask them. And they're going to have a long list of the past five years, just like you did. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. Um, so, again, challenges, you're not like, it's going to happen. Mm. Um, bad things are going to happen. Challenges are going to happen. But also, challenges to serve and to, and to be that light for God and to walk in that moment is going to happen as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, sort of our digital lives uh, make this difficult for us. In that, how so? People are most likely to share their high points in social media. Absolutely. You know, like you're going to see the beach vacation and you're going to see perfect kids, the ice cream shop, and you're going to see all these cute and all the all the best parts of their day. And it's easy for us in taking in that content to think that everybody's life is better than your life. But it's like just watching highlight reels of NFL games. Like, this know? is the greatest game ever. Like, wow. And and that's just not reality, right? No. Like the same receiver who caught two touchdowns may have also missed 12 blocks and dropped two other passes, yeah, you yeah, know, right. but you don't, you're not going to see a highlight of that. Like, yeah. Cause that, that's not the point of a highlight. And I think we've misrepresented uh, these images that we see of families and family life and success and all this stuff that people put out there on social media and say, Whoa, their life is awesome. But you're just watching the highlight reel. Like you're not, <laughs> this isn't a documentary. This isn't, you're, yeah. You got a, a live stream to these people's lives. It's like, no, you're seeing what they want you to see. And most often what people want you to see is the good stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> and when we see those things, and there are times where we see people like online that are brave enough to be like, hey, guys, here's a real Thursday night. And you see it, and it's like their kids are going crazy, and everything's messed up. And they're like, hey, this is real. Yeah. I took a – um. But it, can I say one thing about that? Yeah. Even that's not real sometimes because oh, yeah. like, people – are cute and they're funny and I do appreciate people that do that but like they're still choosing they're still not showing you where they absolutely freaked out on their kids because they spilt their bowl of cereal for the fifth time that week nobody's gonna post that are you picture. in my house on every morning <laughs> <laughs> are you in my house every morning just head and hands like you just you know you would yeah yeah so I it's, it's really like funny. even the even the oh look we're normal Things don't go right. Even those are sometimes staged and inauthentic. So you came, your family came over to the house yesterday for a little bit. Then you took Lila out to soccer practice. But the rest of your family stayed for a little bit longer. Yeah. I went and cooked dinner. And so out the window, I can, I can show you pictures. I haven't showed Mary Beth yet. <laughs> uh, no, but there's, I'm out in the kitchen and I can see out the window of Mary Beth and Katie, your wife, like playing with the boys on the ground, like tickling yeah. them. I'm like, this is the cute, like yeah. if you were to cut, to 25 minutes later <laughs> of us sitting at the dinner table where I was taking that picture at. Yeah. It was the, it was like the cutest picture to the realness was like, <laughs> our kids don't want to eat. They're yeah. crying. They're running away. Me and Meredith are sitting there just going like, I just spent 40 minutes making this awesome baked chicken, thyme, garlic dish, <laughs> Dutch oven. It was, it, it was good. And I was yeah. like, man, I spent time on this. And I, they ate one bite of it. Yeah. And then it, and they're running around and sit out, sit your, and it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, just over and over. And yeah, it's don't look to social media at other people's lives and go, oh, look, they have it together. Yeah. That was a second. Also, the same thing. We had beach pictures made when we went a few weeks ago. Yeah. She probably took 7,000 pictures. <laughs> We got a hundred back. Right. And the whole time I go, these pictures are going to be garbage. Right. Th there was not a, that cute of a moment. Yeah. But then we get our pictures and we're like, oh wow, those are really good. Yeah. I'm like, when did you catch those? Cause yeah. I didn't really see those that time. <laughs> we're throwing sour, like gummy snakes at our kids. Just like <laughs> smile. Just like bribing them with like, well, I'll buy you a car tomorrow. If you just take pictures, <laughs> you your mother needs this. Do it now. <laughs> Do you not love your mother? <laughs> Take a picture. Smile. Why are you smiling like that, Jack? Look up. Yeah. 
guys, if you, hey, if you want a glimpse, we got some cameras in our house. We can show you some uh, bonkers times. Uh, but all right, so the challenge is don't look to other people. We just went off there. My wife's going to be like, hey, don't talk about our family that way that much. <laughs> And we got twins, guys. It happens. You got three kids. It yes. happens. You got one kid. It happens. That's right. You, you got, got some no dogs. Kids. You it got happens. Some, you yeah. got some dogs. It's gonna happen, right? Yeah. It's, yeah it's that, that's just life. Real life is real life. Social media is not real life. It is not. Um, all right. So we have Daniel there. He takes that chance and says, "Hey, let me do this." Mm-hmm. Right. So seventeen. This is and this is uh, um, seventeen. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel, Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Mm. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night that Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, and he just says, blessed be the name of God forever. He just gives praise to God for giving him that vision and what it means. Right. When you go on to, um, 31, you jump ahead 31. We're not gonna hit every verse, but you jump ahead to 31. Daniel then goes to the King and says, here is what you saw. You saw the statue made of gold, made of bronze, made of iron, made of clay, made of all these different things. Yeah. And then they tumbled down and then they went away. And here's what you saw. Here's what it means and all this stuff. Right. And then in that, and then in that, uh, um, Daniel basically does what no one else could. Right. Probably what Nebuchadnezzar think couldn't have happened either. Yeah. Like even blew his mind. So when you go to 46, after, after Daniel did all that stuff, verse 46, then... Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel. He commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then, then, he gang, um, then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief Prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. So in this, so Daniel does it and King Nebuchadnezzar falls on his face Mm. and says, your king, your God is the God. Right. Like it changes this man's heart. Right. In that Daniel could have stepped back and said, "Uh uh-uh, not me. And did this and was faithful to God. And God showed his faithfulness to this. Mm. One of the things that I want to end on here as we're kind of wrapping up, Cool for Daniel, awesome for God, faithful for him. But what I love is 17. Mm. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to his companions. Right. How many times in the middle of a challenge or a crisis or a thing that we just are confronted with, do we take a step back and we just self-analyze it and try to fix it ourselves? Yeah. Number one. Yep. Right? Like that is almost just kind of common mm-hmm. place for most people. Right. When you are in something, um, you're like, I'll fix it. Right. Um, but what we see is that he goes to God mm-hmm. and then he goes to his friends right. and says, go to God with prayer and prayer for this. Mm. Like help me in this. And God answered it. Right. Um, that's, that's why. And I'm, I'm going to jump into your lane of like connections in church. Yeah. Right. Like this is why church and small groups and connect groups and life groups and whatever you feel like calling those things <laughs> or even your neighbors or even yeah. your family, your friends, like instead of just saying, maybe I'm too embarrassed or I'm too, um, just to myself or whatever. I'll, I'll fix it. Right. No, let me go to God first. Then let me go to my fr- friends and family and say, will you help me? Will you pray for me in this? Yeah. And it's big. Yeah. So uh, that was the big, one of the big things that I circled in this story okay, too. Yeah. Um, because I, there's, you hit, you hit on point number one, which is what I have dedicated my life to at this church. Yeah. Uh, and in general is that I believe that we are supposed to live in community. We're supposed to share one another's burdens mm-hmm. spiritually, physically, everything. Um, but there's a second component of this that I think is really interesting. When we read the Bible, when we read uh, these stories, 
it's so easy for us to put ourselves in the center of it. And so when you're reading this story, you're like, well, what, if, what if I was Daniel? Yeah. But folks, you might not be Daniel. Look at the power of this story right here. Daniel goes to his friends and he says, pray for me, talk to God and on beg for behalf, his yeah. mercy on my behalf. And they do it Yeah. and it works. You might be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, that's or, their names too. Yeah. Their, their names change, but if you guys you know, like the later on Daniel. Hananiah, yeah. Mishael, or Azariah. Azariah. Um, yeah. And don't miss the fact that they are as important in this situation oh, yeah. as Daniel. Also notice, they're not the ones who received the vision. Uh-uh. If you're praying for somebody or someone, and they're the ones that get the solution to the problem, be, yeah. Uh, the notoriety for whatever problem gets solved. Okay. Praise God. Yeah. Like you played your part in the story. My part in the story might just be supporting someone else through something. My part might be praying along with somebody. My part might be Daniel in some situations, yeah. but like, we, we always think that our life, yeah. we are Daniel, we are David, yeah. we are Paul, we are in the, right? Like we, when we read the Bible, we like to put ourselves, yeah. oh, I'd be Noah. Yeah. I'd be these people, right? Like we we are them. Hey, supporting role is not bad. Yeah. I mean, right? and, and in this story, like it's presented as these guys praying along with Daniel is crucial. Very crucial. It wouldn't be in here if it wasn't, you know? So I, I love that. That really jumped out to me uh, yeah. in this section. And, and, and I think we have to get out of one, our society and rule telling us, uh, be, um, as comfortable and as easy and as easygoing and whatever in your life. I think there's another component where society says like, that's going to be embarrassing mm. if you tell somebody you need help. Right. Uh, cause we love a good pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm. You got this. Um, and I think down here in the South, that's big too for, yeah. I mean, I think it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's just, but I think it's like, no, like I can do this. I'm I not going to call yeah. for help. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fix it myself. Yeah. And I would say in the, um, we, we jump to ask for help mm. in sometimes just the easy surface level things. Right. Right. Like, Hey, will you help me? in this or will you we, we just ask those things but when it comes to those deep real spiritual like f for daniel and them this is life or death yeah right like this yeah. is like a big deal but the deep stuff saying like hey will you just pray for me yeah will you be there um and you know don't ask them like will you spend five days with me doing these things or help me out or yeah. moving or doing all these <laughs> hard things. Like it's like, no, just pray for me. Right. And so I think times too, when, when we're faced with challenges to serve God and there's people in our community, when, when we should reach out to them, we probably in our head go to the, like, Oh, they're going to ask this hard thing or whatever. They may just be like, Hey, we just pray for me. Yeah. And be like, uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Like I would love to, um, and I think we use that term a lot too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll be praying for you. Yeah. I'll pray for you. But like, do you actually just stop and say, well, let's do it right now. Let's pray right now. Or, Hey, I'm putting a note in my phone yeah. that, you know, tonight, the next hour or two, I'm going to spend time in prayer for yeah. this need for this person. And you may never see the fruit of it. Mm -hmm. They did. Yeah. There's changes that you may never see the fruit of that. Yeah. And I think, uh, what we see here is one of the, great benefits of like living in community with people sharing in relationship. Um, but a lot of people and, and, you know, we keep kind of circling around the same idea, but it's like, in addition to our technology, making our lives super easy and comfortable, it also isolates us because we have this feeling of connection because we have all these Facebook friends. Oh, I we can see all, what everyone's doing. You feel like you're connected, but it's not real, real relationship can be difficult and it can be messy yeah. and it's not as easy as staying in your own home and not doing anything, but the benefits of it, having people who really have your back and are, you know, I don't want to read anything into the text here, but this might have brought his three friends into this situation yeah. with Daniel yeah. where they're going to die too. 
if yeah. this doesn't go well. But they were willing because they loved one another, because they're living in community with one another, to risk that. They got his back. Who's got your back out there? Yeah. You've got to have people who who spiritually and emotionally and physically have your back. Otherwise, man, it, it's a hard world out there if you're really on your own. Well, and you hit on those three things, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Physically, I think that we will do. Yeah. Right? Hey, I got a flat tire. You can help tow me. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Right? Like, we'll do that. Emotionally and spiritually, that's a different ballgame. Like, hey, man, I'm feeling like crap today. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm not in it. I don't know what it is. Will you be there for me? Yeah. Uh, will you pray for this? We got something going on. And, and um, I, I do think it takes all three of those. Mm. And that's why, again, church is so important. In um, church, because it is full of broken, hurt people and because it's just full of us, is going to be messy. Right. Like this is an example of a messy church. I remember um, uh, going to Ethos Church in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and like when that started. Um, and and I remember them talking about, we want this to be a messy church. Yeah. And we're like, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, explain well, yourself. Yeah. Like, what do you mean <laughs> by a messy church? Like, I've been here and it seems like it's pretty clean. Yeah. I'll I don't keep know, it talking, swept up. Yeah. yeah like garbage cans get empty. I know what you're talking about. Um, but then I remember like being at church and then in the back of it, um, they met downtown. They met at a bar downtown, the Canary Ballroom. It was like a music venue yeah. bar. And that's where they met. And they still meet there, one of their campuses. And it was like right downtown Nashville. And I remember going to that church and in the back of it, they had a microwave, they had food, yeah. they had some clothes, had some things. And I was like, what's this for? And they go, anyone that comes in here that needs anything then it's part of there. I was like, okay, y'all are thinking a little bit differently. Right. Like, we're going to be here for some people that are in messy situations. And there were just, I mean, there's stories after stories after stories of messy people that needed help yeah. going to that church. And if that happened at some other churches, they may have gotten some looks. Yeah. They may have gotten, what is, what is that homeless person doing here? Yeah. What is that person? I remember, you know, working at a church um, and going to the bathroom right before service and this homeless guy had a shirt off and he was like washing himself in our sink. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, he need, I was like, Hey, we have, we have showers over here. Like, let's help you get that. Yeah. We got some stuff for you. And, um, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it could be with someone off the street that needs help or someone that you don't know. A lot of times we got enough mess already in our pews that we try to hide. And that could yeah. be a whole nother sermon of us <laughs> trying to hide our messes. Um, but having that, and I do get at a church, you know, like our size, 500 on Sunday morning. I, I don't think you're going to stand up in the middle and be like, I'm broken. And right. here's my whole junk that I need everyone to pray for. That's why small groups, Absolutely. that's why I just friend your community to have those two or three people or families and say, no, we're going to rally around you. Yeah. Um, which is what those companion, like, I think we should change your name of small groups. Like our, 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 our companion groups, yeah, right. Like to be with them and say, yeah. no, we're going to be here and praying for you. Yeah. Um, th th that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it and it takes time and it takes yeah. investment. Uh huh. So if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't have that and I don't know how to get it, like, you have to find those people and be willing to spend the time and the energy necessary to really know one another because it's almost like this uh, layers, you know, like physical needs are. The easiest like to the surface spot, easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all, sometimes the easiest to help with, but then you food, clothing, money, boom! I can right now, I can get you that, and then you ratchet that down to emotional needs. Like that's a deeper level, and then you go to to you spiritual. know spiritual well being and healthiness uh, in that aspect. Like you, I, I, I'll just speak personally. I'm not gonna get to that place with somebody probably uh, on a Sunday morning with 400 people. Yeah. It's just not the, it's well, not the, it's not the right place. Hey, man, I don't quit know. like dropping our numbers. We're about five. I, I don't know. You take count. I don't know how many we had last Sunday. We may have had 400. Yeah. Right. Like it, it takes, and one of my biggest pet peeves is people that leave the church and then you end up talking to them. They're like, we just didn't feel connected. Yeah. And then you're like, cause I saw you once every two months. Yeah. Like, were you in a small, and the, the, and the next thing is, were you in a small group? Yeah. I was a part of that group, but wait, no, no. Did you go to that small group? <laughs> Did, did you, you invest in did you group? invest in that small yeah. group? It doesn't happen overnight. And I just think about us. Like we've known each other for eight years yeah. with me being, you know, working here for eight years. Yeah. You went here for much longer than that. 
um, I our our relationship now is that of like a neighbor, companion, right? Spiritual, all that stuff, physical needs, stuff like that. But that didn't happen eight years ago, right? It happened probably like two years ago, yeah. right? Like it happened very recent that we invested in each other and our time. And now that you work here, we see each other more. We move next to you guys, like then that kind of builds. Yeah. So eight years until now, it kind of found, and we have some other friends here at church, our, you know, our small group, and we're not even in the same small group. Yeah. Right. So we have our own small group. Um, invest. Yes. It takes time. It does. So if you go to a church and you don't get this in the first year, six months, again, we're in this, yeah, we want it now. We want it now. And it's like, where's and my, some churches are really good so, at, mm-hmm, at sort mm-hmm. of making that really easy, but some well, churches aren't. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of, of, you know, making this place. And I know with the pandemic and churches sometimes, you know, we get that, but in yeah. general, you have to put it in there. Yeah. Um, it's going to help you with those challenges, big or small. Jump in. Jump in. Be like Daniel and step up. Yeah. Step up to those challenges that God puts in you to to make an impact for the kingdom. Prepare yourself and seize the opportunity. Yeah, you got like it. Man, it's like a halftime speech. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Life is a game of inches. <laughs> uh, I did stay up and watch Monday Night Football overtime last night. Nice. Went, went a little bit late. Anyways, it was good. Um, hey, Daniel 2, we hope that you guys enjoyed this. Um this may be our most studious one. We're both wearing glasses. Oh dear. Yeah. We're both wearing glasses this morning. Um so this That's a first. This might have been a super smart one. I feel smart. <laughs> I don't. Um rarely. Um and that well, hey, we hope that you guys have enjoyed this and reach out to us and let us know how your small groups are. Yeah. Let us know if you find that, what kind of challenges or or ways that you guys have kind of um broke down some challenges and mm. some barriers but yeah. no i think our small group does it well because we put these things in place yeah, or our church put these in place yeah. yeah we we just want people to connect yes reaching up reaching out yeah right and reaching up reaching out love it that was a poster at one of my old churches it was a someone like this that went hand up and reaching up reaching out i like that yeah i want to recreate it here. it was really corny but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean, the poster was corny. Yeah. It was probably made in 98. That sounds right. Yeah. With that. Um, if you are listening to this and you made that, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you're going to know there's only a handful of people probably. Um, with that. Well, hey, hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Don't be scared of challenges. Don't be Eeyore. You're not a victim. God is with you. Yes. Get friends that are with you. Maybe you're a supporting character in a role. Pray for people. Ask them to pray for you. Hey, wrap up. God is with you. Yes. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Always. Gotcha. Like, review, subscribe, smash, throw away, send, snail mail. I don't know what you guys do, but um, share the podcast if you enjoy it. Do it. Catch y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye, friends.